everybody. We're back with another episode of Compelling Conversations with Colleagues. The program is sponsored by the ABA Government and Public Sector Lawyers Division. I'm Katherine Mickelson. Today we have with us Lola Velasquez Aguilu. Lola is an Assistant United States Attorney for the District of Minnesota. Lola is in the Fraud and Public Correction Unit of the Criminal Division where she prosecutes fraud cases involving conspiracy, mortgage fraud, investment fraud, tax fraud, embezzlement, securities fraud, and large-scale bank fraud. Welcome, Lola. Thank you. Lola, tell us how long you've been with the office and generally what you do. I have been with the U.S. Attorney's Office almost eight years. And in the section that I'm in, I work with federal agents on long-term investigations involving the offenses that you just listed in my introduction. And so what that means is we're conducting grand jury investigations. We are sometimes, we're compiling information via grand jury subpoenas. We are sometimes presenting witnesses to the grand jury. We're conducting an investigation when we think that there has been a violation of federal law. And what we do in that investigation is try to determine whether or not someone should be charged with a crime. Once we decide someone should be charged, we move forward and present the information to the grand jury so that they can return an indictment. And then we proceed to trial. And so I investigate cases, and in prosecuting those cases, I handle all the motions, motions to dismiss or motions to suppress, and then trial and all the way through appeals. So from beginning to completion of the case? Exactly. Okay. And then what happens if it, go, if it gets appealed? So then I handle the appeal, and I'll write the appellate brief and the reply of if there's one additional reply needed from the government. And then I represent the government in the oral argument. So, for example, I have an oral argument coming up a month from now. Okay. Wow. That's fantastic. So, right after law school, you clerked for a judge on the Minnesota Supreme Court. Can you tell us about that? Yeah, I clerked for Justice Alan Page. And the Minnesota Supreme Court, although I was specifically Justice Page's clerk, in many respects, I, I worked for the entire court. So the way it would work is uh, a case was assigned to Justice Page, and in preparation for the oral argument, I would review the submissions of the parties and the record and prepare a bench memo that would get circulated to all of the justices. Mm-hmm. Um, I'd be available to answer any questions they might have in preparation for oral argument, and then I would, of course, sit in and observe the oral argument. After they would confer, Justice Page would usually come back and sort of tell me either he was writing the majority opinion or somebody else was. If he was writing the majority, I would work with him to draft that opinion. Um, And then oftentimes I would consult some of the other justices, for example, if they'd given him some feedback during the argument about the way that they thought something should come out, he might say, I'd like you to go talk to Justice Gilday and get her perspective on this. Mm-hmm. So I would do that. Um, sometimes he would come back and say, well, this other justice is going to write the majority. I'd like you to work on a dissent. And I would work with him on writing a dissenting opinion. Great experience. It was, it was an exceptional experience. It was a wonderful opportunity to work with very experienced lawyers and obviously the justice I was working with in a variety of areas of the law, um, areas of first impression, constitutional law, um, first-degree murder, attorney disciplinary matters. So to work with this very experienced lawyer on a variety of cases was really exceptional. 
And after that, you clerked for a federal judge. Was that experience very different from your state court clerkship? Yes, I clerked for um, U.S. District Court Judge Ann Montgomery, and so that's a trial court level. And so, yeah, it was very different. It wasn't as academic of an experience, you know, whereas on the Supreme Court, you know, because we were dealing with novel issues of law and matters of first impression, we were often having to consider, you know, how is this going to move the law? So it really took kind of standing back and thinking about things at a, at a bigger level. Mm-hmm. Um, and the district court, the volume was greater. Uh, it's not to say that the issues or the law was any easier by any stretch, but we're triaging it in a different way. Um, but a lot of summary judgment motions, motions to dismiss, jury trials, um, it was you know, a great opportunity for me to work with a district court judge exceptionally well-versed in a variety of areas of the law, but to see how quickly she could adapt and sort of see the exact issue um, was always really impressive to me. And so watching the way she worked and waited through cases and then seeing all the lawyers that were before her too and the different types of of styles and practice that would come before her was, was wonderful. And you probably saw something, you probably learned some things uh, about what not to do. Definitely, yes. (laughs) (laughs) And, you know, both of these clerkships, I just did a ton of writing, which is actually a really important part of my job as a prosecutor. In federal court, all of our submissions, whether it's in response to motions, sentencing advocacy, pre-trial, during trial, post-trial, appeals, we do a ton of writing. I don't know if people always realize that, um, but in criminal practice at the federal level, I just do a ton of writing. And so those clerkships were great opportunities for me to continue developing my skills as a writer. Yeah, I I think definitely... especially younger lawyers don't have an appreciation for how much writing goes into the practice for sure. Yeah. And I I think for some reason, sometimes civil litigators think that maybe we do less of that. Um, but that really isn't the case. Mm -hmm. So after that, um, you worked for several years in private practice where you did criminal defense. I did. I did a combination of some um, civil business litigation and then a fair amount of white-collar defense. Okay. And what did you like best about that job? You know, I I really did like working with the clients. I mean, I think that perspective of, and I worked with white-collar clients, but the perspective of looking at a federal criminal case from the defense side has been really useful to me. Um but I also think the relationships that I had with my client, it's, it's also helpful for, for me as a prosecutor, right, to remember that these are the, everybody who is going to come before me is a human being with a life story and life experiences. Mm-hmm. And, I, and I, you know, it seems silly to say you have to remember that, but it's a really important part of how I look at cases and how I look at the defendants who, who come across my desk. Mm-hmm. So what made you decide to switch gears and go from defense to prosecution? Yeah, well, I think I realized that I was really drawn to the criminal work that I was doing. It was just what I liked the best. And I also wanted to get more courtroom experience. Mm -hmm. I had exposure to the U.S. Attorney's Office from having been a federal law clerk. And the judge I clerked for, Judge Montgomery, herself had been an AUSA. 
Um, and so I, my familiarity with the office, I knew that this was a place where I could practice really interesting, complex criminal law. Uh, I could get, and I could get trial experience. I could get in a courtroom. And I would be able to work with people who, you know, when I was clerking, I could see, as, I, as you mentioned, I saw lawyers of many different skill levels, and I was always really impressed with the caliber of attorneys I saw coming from the U.S. Attorney's Office. Mm-hmm. So what is the most satisfying thing about your job as an AUSA? You know, I think it's like solving the mysteries. You know, there are always little aspects of cases when we are working on the investigation where we kind of have to just, we know the big things that happen, right? Like I might know that on X date, Catherine, you went to a certain location and you went there because you'd, you previously had a conversation with somebody and then after that you might have done something after this meetup. Mm-hmm. But what you talked about there, what was motivating you, sometimes you know we have to look at different evidence to try to figure out the narrative, to sort of put the meat on the bones. A lot of times then we end up cooperating people or bringing in witnesses who can then either sort of confirm or deny whether my suspicions were correct. Right. It's always, so it's always fascinating for me to see how close I was. Yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah, That I think that would be really fun. <laughs> yeah. Um, okay, so now what is the most challenging thing about your job? I mean, I'll be perfectly honest. Trials are really challenging. <laughs> Everybody who tries cases, I think we all feel like we have to say, that it's a wonderful experience. And there is something that is really fun about trying a case. When I'm actually standing up in front of the jury and questioning a witness or, or you know, make, giving a closing argument, I do get a lot of pleasure from that. But every moment leading up to those times is really difficult. Um, trial is it's grueling, it's stressful, it's very high pressure. Um, and that that is wearing. It's grading. So it's, it's it's sort of a trade-off, right? I mean, the calm before the storm, I guess, is not a good analogy. It's sort of the storm before the calm. I would think that it would be once you're in the thick of it and you are, you know, your brain is engaged and you are questioning your witness, you're okay. But, oh, boy, that's a lot of sleepless nights of preparation before that. Right, because you're thinking, you know, as you prepare, it's like, okay, what's going to happen? What's the other side going to try to do? And as you prepare, you have to prepare for the various scenarios that could play out. And that part of trying to figure out and anticipate and be ready is very stressful. Once you're doing it, you're so consumed with just, you know, making your decisions in that moment that you don't have time to think about, well, what's going to happen three steps down the road? Um but in those quiet spaces in the mornings and the evenings and the weekends, it's it's very stressful. Yeah. So what type of law school classes would you recommend to a law student who, who would like to be a prosecutor, either at the state or at the federal level? So I... I one I would recommend a law a clinic. Right? Most law schools these days have clinics, and they mm-hmm. often do have some type of criminal law clinic. And sure. I did a clinic when I was in law school where I would go to the jails and argue like bail or bond hearings for defendants. 
and it was a great opportunity early on to start arguing in court. Um, I would recommend sort of the core classes that you would have on the bar exam, criminal law, maybe criminal procedure, or constitutional law, jurisdiction. Um, my law school happened to offer federal sentencing. That was a very useful class for me to have taken. Mm-hmm. And, and, of course, writing classes. Because, again, particularly on the federal side, I, I have never been a state prosecutor, so I can't speak to that experience. But as an AUSA, so much of what I do is written advocacy. Good. Yes. I think those are great recommendations. So, Lola, what's your proudest work-related accomplishment? It's it's incredibly rewarding to walk into the courtroom and say, you know, when the the court calls for appearances for me to say, Lola Velasquez-Aguilu on behalf of the United States. I mean, I have great pride in representing the United States of America. Mm -hmm. But I think what I'm probably most proud of are the relationships that I have with my colleagues. When you try a case with someone, I mean, it's like you've gone to war with that person. You have been up all night with them. You've been in the trenches with them. And you form very strong bonds with people. Um, And I have such pride in my colleagues and watching them succeed. It's, It's just a very close relationship. That's great. So, Lola, tell us something no one knows about you. <laughs> I thought a lot about this question. Let's see. I, you know, the thing I would say is when I'm in trial and if I'm particularly stressed out, I'm kind of a joker. You know, I've got, I think I've got a pretty good sense of humor. I will at times thing talk. So if I'm like when I'm getting ready, you know, in the morning or something, I, I think in my last trial, my paralegal was laughing because there was one morning where I was I was doing this and I was saying, does anybody else feel like throwing up right now? So <laughs> I'll do things I without even realizing, you know, that I'll sort of vocalize, this is the worst day in the world. I'll say things like that. Does it help? It does help. Yes. People laugh. <laughs> I'm also I've also been known to use a meditation app, which I downloaded onto my iPhone and force the whole team to do a 7-minute meditation with me. Uh, is it Headspace? No, it's Bootify actually. Oh, okay. Yeah. Awesome. But maybe I'll check out Headspace for my next trial. Yes. Well, Lola, that's all the time we have for today. Thank you so much. Thanks to all of you for listening. If you want to learn more about the ABA's Government and Public Sector Lawyers Division, go to www.governmentlawyer.org.